This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. With Jamie Went and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open for you. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app for that. It's presented by Happy State Bank. Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. Jamie, maybe it was just the the time of year and that, you know, we've, the NFL is over with and we're kind of in the, in the middle of – we're in the – Oh, right there at the the cusp of the peak of college basketball because the the peak will come once we get into March and the tournaments, you know, for the individual conferences and the the big games going down the stretch and then of course the NCAA tournament. But I don't think I don't think on a single day I've ever heard more gnashing of teeth by the by the national hosts on our two stations on 100.7 the score and on double T 97.3. It seemed like every time I got in my car yesterday, whether it was yesterday morning and I was listening to the score on my way to work or last night after an event that I went to and listening to Double T 97.3, just the <laughs> the outrage by the hosts of the NBA All-Star game. I mean, it was just, it was just absolutely fascinating. I mean, um, you know, the, the whole how to fix it and, uh, you know um, – just I don't know. It was just it was just interesting to me that everybody was I I don't know about outraged or just disappointed or just upset how to fix it all those things and apparently there'd been some kind of deal that you know Adam Silver had supposedly gotten a commitment from the players to to actually play a game and have you know have it have it be competitive but and, and having effort there. Uh, and some guys were making fun of his initial statement when he was handing the trophy to the to the East by saying congratulations, like in a mocking way that he was annoyed uh, with with what took place. Uh, he said this, and to the Eastern Conference All Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. It was just interesting to me on a single day, a single subject of how much just air it took yesterday the hardest of nba fans were not entertained by yeah. yesterday's or sunday's game um i, I mean I, it'd be hard for me to criticize these national hosts when, you know and i'm I, i'm not I'm, yeah. i was right there i was right there with them i mean i again i it was on in front of me in a restaurant and so i'm watching it and it just uh, made me feel like old man, get off my lawn guy, you know, like back in my day, there was a competitive fire in these athletes and um, they wanted to win and they, and they wanted to put on a show. And uh, it just looked like they were making a mockery of it. I mean, there was, I mean, Trey Young took a shot, just dribbled up the court and took a shot about three steps past the half court line. I mean, for no good reason. And, I mean, it was it was a joke. Yeah. I mean, it was a. I mean, it was not even at three quarter speed. I mean, there were guys that you know never made it to the free throw line at either end for ten straight trips. You know, they're just jogging up and down the court in the middle, and if the ball came to them, they would immediately shoot it. And I mean, it was just 
I don't know. And that's not to say that back in the day it wasn't high scoring in the 90s. And mm-hmm. it was. They, they, they definitely were. There weren't, you know, hard playoff fouls being taken or anything like that. But it was just a joke. I mean, it's they weren't they weren't trying at, at all. I mean, at all. You know, don't even go stand in front of somebody. I mean, it's just I don't know. It, it was it was a joke and it was boring, terribly boring to watch. Um so I don't, I mean, I guess I hate to be this way, but in this generation of NBA players, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And I they, mean, they've, in my opinion, they've done so much damage to what, you know, the greats of the eighties and nineties have done. And I, you know, it's just, it's just not the same game anymore. Um, the personalities are, there's so many of them that are hard to root for and hard to be interested in. And, um, it's just not the same anymore. Yeah, I mean that, that and they they talked about one of the guys last night uh, on Double T ninety seven three just talked about the how you know Adam Silver gave him an inch and they took three feet, uh, just you know and and how the players are you know just damaging the league not only from the All Star game standpoint but but all the load management stuff and you know you you want to sit down and watch these great matchups and then oh you find out that so and so is not going to play or so and so is not going to play and. And uh, but but the damage to the to the league that has been done and to the to the television networks as a result of that and and just the the overall I mean the overall narrative for the NBA it's hard to find a true NBA fan um, and just that without kind of what you just said hey I don't want to be an old man that comment was exactly said last night but you know talking about what it was back in the day and and even. Even going to the point of uh, how these guys are so friendly with each other and all this hugging after the game and and uh, exchanging of jerseys and stuff like that, there's not the there's not the hate that the you know they had for the Pistons or that they had for the Celtics or the Lakers or you know name the team. Uh, there's no there's no villain per se uh, in the NBA. Anyway, I just I just thought it was interesting that it's very well, rare think, that everybody's on the same page. A- I think there's a villain in the NBA. <laughs> Plays for the Lakers. Yeah, but I mean, but not. I guess what I'm saying, but you know what I'm saying, not like you, not like you, not like there used to be. But anyway, it's just interesting how to a to a person, everybody was on the same page, and that doesn't necessarily always happen. In fact, it very rarely, very rarely happens. Um, yeah. The one thing I found interesting, and I didn't know this guy was coaching in in the league, and the only reason it's interesting to me is because he got fired at uh, at Connecticut um, despite winning despite winning a national championship. And I mean, there were some improprieties that took place there at, at UConn. But Kevin Ollie is now the interim coach of the uh, New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets, I should say. Um, and like I said, I mean, I just I just found that interesting. It was like, oh, I didn't even know he was there. And uh, so he's obviously rebuilt his uh, his career after uh, winning a national championship at UConn, and then uh, apparently joined the Nets this season as a as an assistant coach. But he's he's now the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So I thought that was I thought that was kind of interesting. All right, um, last night uh, in uh, in the Big Twelve, um, Houston kind of flexed its muscle. Uh, they won seventy three sixty five. Iowa State could just never could never get closer than about eight points as the game progressed. And yeah, uh, never felt never felt like Houston was in danger. No. 
No, it 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 didn't. And uh, and you know, Houston now, uh, not not that they weren't before, but certainly the the team to beat. Um, you know, in in the uh, in the big in the Big Twelve. Um, and I'm not sure anybody's going to catch him. Emmanuel Sharp had 20 points last night uh, for the Cougars, and uh, uh, Jamal Sheed had uh, 26 for him. So they get uh, they get 50, excuse me, 46 of their 73 from uh, from two guys. They just had two in double figures last night. Two. L.J. Cryer had uh, had eight for him. You know, I I still think that uh, Iowa State is. They're going to be a very tough out, um, not only the Big 12 uh, tournament, but also the NCAA tournament. Um, but I don't think that they're going to be able to get themselves to the uh, top of the heap, at least as far as the regular season uh, is concerned. Well, they're only a game back. And remember, they beat Houston the first time. Mm-hmm. So all it takes is a tiny slip up from sure. Houston and, and sure. their co-conference champs. So yeah. um, it's not like they're – you know, they've lost the tiebreaker with those two or whatever. I mean, they're right there with each other. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's, that's, that's just one just one game. That's a good point. Uh, tonight in the Big 12, in addition to Tech and TCU, you'll have UCF and West Virginia. UCF will be a Tech's opponent on Saturday, and that will be a, a road game uh, for the Red Raiders there at Central Florida. They're 13 and 11, but they seem to be, they seem to be pesky. Uh, big matchup tonight in Provo with number 11, Baylor, uh, taking on number 25, BYU. This feels like a big game for BYU, too, uh, Jamie. Um, just in terms of their NCAA hopes and um, kind of where they are, because BYU is 6-6, six and six, but 18-7. And, and they're, they're going to be battling teams like Texas and Oklahoma for one of those spots out of the Big 12, those uh, at-large bids. That, that'll come and, mm-hmm. and maybe even to the Red Raiders because they're they're just a, a game back of us. So there's a there's still a lot to be fought for uh, in the Big Twelve, and I think that's going to be a, be a good game tonight uh, there in Provo uh, between BYU and Barrier Baylor. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Yes, I am. Sorry, uh, nineteen twenty nine. Boston Red Sox announced that they will play their Sunday Major League Baseball games at Braves Field because Fenway Park is loaded, located too close to a church. Oh, wow. 1953, U.S. Court of Appeals rules that organized baseball is a sport and not a business, affirming <laughs> the 25-year-old Supreme Court ruling. Yeah. There's there's some that still uh, would like that to uh, be taken a look at from time to time. 1963, future Baseball Hall of Fame outfielder Willie Mays becomes the highest paid player in MLB history, signing a record $100,000 contract with the San Francisco Giants. Willie Mays for a hundred grand. What year was that? 1963. Yeah. It's a steal. And and and, he, and even for a few years after that, it was still a pretty high salary. Because I remember reading stuff as a kid. Willie Meigs makes a hundred grand a year. Nineteen eighty-six, Los Angeles Dodgers Oral Hershiser is the first to win a one million dollars salary arbitration case. <laughs> and again, that would be a steal. Yeah. 
1997, San Francisco giant Barry Bond signs a record $22.9 million <laughs> two-year contract. What Sense a difference of, 11 years makes. Sense of theme here, Jamie. Well, yeah, that time of year like where big-time free agents and arbitration gets done. And in 2021, the Texas Tech Lady Raiders basketball team took its second overtime win of the season, defeating Kansas 99-98 to on Senior Day. Mm. Lady Raiders were led by Vivian Gray as she set a new career best with 38 points. It is National Cherry Pie Day and National Muffin Day. I'm, I'm big on the cherry pie. I'll take some muffins. Uh, big time happy birthday. Former Red Raider baseball player Dylan Dushek is 29. Nice. And former Red Raider basketball player Jer- Jared Culver is 25. Uh, happy birthday to Seal, who's 61. Seal. Mm-hmm. He likes to kiss a rose. Uh, Smokey Robinson is 84, Haley Duff, 39, and Dave Stewart is 67. And on this day in 1962, I bet Chuck can tell us what happened. 1962, on this day, uh, I got to think this might be a John Glenn going into space. This is John Glenn going into space aboard Friendship 7 from Cape Canaveral, Florida, being the first person, first uh, American to orbit the Earth. Mm-hmm. And that is the Stan Sports History. All right, this Stan Sports History six fifty this morning here on the morning drive. So, a hundred. Uh, I thought I had a hundred thousand. Did you put in a hundred million? No, I didn't. I it 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 corrected on me. A uh, hundred thousand uh, dollars today equals um, a little over a million dollars today. So in almost 60 years, it's gone up like 10 times. So hundred grand and hundred grand, making a hundred grand in 1963 is like making a million dollars in, uh, in today's world. So that's a, I mean, still, I mean, still would be still a steal. It was a steal. Yeah. yeah. It still would be, it still would be a steal, right. For, uh, for Willie Mays. So at any rate, uh, but he, I mean, he kind of helped pave the way for, you know, bigger salaries. He and, uh, he and Pete Rose, uh, both those guys, as uh, kind of went forward, um, made, uh, made big noise in terms of the, uh, in terms of the salaries. All right. So, uh, Texas Tech and TCU tonight, they last played on January the 30th. So about, about three weeks ago, uh, Tech lost that game 85 to 78, Pop Isaacs had 25, Warren Washington had 14, Chance McMillan had 19, and uh, the Red Raiders had 24 in the paint, and they were uh, 14 of 28 from beyond the arc. I mean, and they, they put up good numbers, Jamie. They were 10 of 14, though, from the free throw line, 4 of 8 in the first half, perfect, 6 to 6 in the second. A TCU uh, was 11 of 20. Uh, but they got to the free throw line a ton. They were 24 of 32 from the free throw line. They had 22 in the paint. Wow. Yeah, 24 of 32 from the free throw line. That's a that's a big difference. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the, that's a difference in the ball game. And, and maybe 
what they're going to have to do tonight is is attack the paint um, and see if they can get themselves uh, to the free throw line. The other thing was that Tech had zero second chance points in that game. They had four offensive rebounds, and TCU had 14 second chance points on 12 offensive rebounds. And, you know, if you don't have Warren Washington tonight, then that that's going to make it even harder uh, yeah. to get offensive rebounds and rebounds. second chance points. Yep, no no question. So that's why it's it's important to be aggressive attacking the rim, you know, with dribble penetration and then trying to get yourself to the free throw line. So you don't want to see them have that huge advantage. It's a charity stripe like they did the first time. Yeah. Um, let's see. Michael Peavy had 18 points. Uh, Travion Tennyson had uh, 23 points. Uh, 11 points for Emmanuel Miller. They had five guys in double figures. Uh, Jacoby Coles had had 12, and uh, Jameer Nelson had had 10. And the Red Raiders had three in, in double figures, like I said. Pop led you with 25, and then McMillan had 19 and, and 14 for Warren Washington. So you, you're probably going to need um, a big work tonight out of Robert Jennings if you don't have Warren Washington. Uh, absolutely, and he played, you know, he played really well for you last time out. I don't know if you can expect that every time out, but I love the progress the young man has made. I love the energy he plays with, so let's hope we can get similar from what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. 6.54 this morning here on the Morning Drive. We'll have it for you tonight at 7, uh, the tip at 8 o'clock uh, this evening from United Supermarkets Arena. Should be... Should be a great night for basketball tonight uh, here in Lubbock with uh, with the Red Raiders in action. So hope hope that you can get out there. And if you are unable to use your tickets, make sure that uh, somebody gets them, put them in somebody's hand that uh, that can go and wants to go and go out there and make some noise and uh, see what we can uh, see what you can do to help make it a uh, a raucous environment tonight uh, at United Supermarkets Arena. So we'll have have that game tonight. The last time we played there. We beat Kansas by 29. Right. So you want to be a part of you know beating TCU by 29. Yeah, I mean, we'd take one right now by, by one point, right, Jamie? Absolutely. Yeah. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We have uh, a bevy of games on the air for you today. Friendship Girls play on uh, Sunny 97.7 at 6. The Lubbock Cooper girls play tonight at uh, 6 on 96.9 The Bull. And the uh, Lubbock Cooper boys will play tonight on 93.1 Texas FM. We'll have Red Raider baseball this afternoon at 5.30. First pitch at 6 from Arlington against UT Arlington. That'll be on 100.7 the score. And then tonight, Texas Tech Red Raider basketball team in action against TCU at the arena. 7 o'clock broadcast time, 8 o'clock tip time. All right, Jamie. What do you think? How many games left do you need to win to make the tournament? Is it two? Is it three? Yeah, you probably could get in with two. You probably could get in with just two. And but I don't think, I mean, going off of your last comment before we took the break, I, I don't think you're you're sitting here right now going, okay, we only need two games to get back in, in the tournament. So we're, we're I, I think they're looking at him and saying, if, if he's healthy enough to play, he's healthy enough to play, and we're going to play him. And if he's not, we're not. We're going to be careful. If it's a 
if it's cloudy, if it's a big question mark, then then they probably would err on the side of not playing him. But I don't I don't think they're they're looking at this and going, hey, all we're looking to do is get into the tournament. I mean, I think seeding matters, and uh, I, I mean, giving yourself an opportunity to get past that first round and maybe even get a, a shot at a Sweet Sixteen. I, I think that's important. So I, I don't. I don't think you're just going to throw this away and say, all, all we're worried about is getting in. No. I, I don't think that's what they're thinking. No, I understand that. I mean, I guess my, my, my point really was more along the lines of you may have to sit him another game or two um, for the long-term you know, gain as opposed to the short-term gain of maybe helping him, of him coming in and contributing a little bit against a TCU or against a UCF, but then you aggravate that foot and it, it – keeps you out two or three more weeks as opposed to you take this week off and you really get him to a point where he's not necessarily hobbled or, or you're not necessarily worried about it the next day um, but it may it may cost you a little short-term pain for long-term gain that's re- that's really my point in that you may have to not have him for a couple of games and if you lose you lose but the the, on the other on the other end, the last four plus the tournament plus the NCAA's, you you have him and he's a little bit healthier than he would have been if you'd have played him tonight. That's that's really my point. And my point is you're really close to at least making the tournament. You're not desperate like I think a Texas is or maybe a, a BYU or an Oklahoma. You're close, but I don't think you're I don't think you're desperate. I don't think you're desperate either, but I think if he's healthy enough to play, they're going to play him. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree with you on that. I don't think it has anything to do with how many wins you need to get into the postseason. Okay, no, I, I, and I'm. That's not really my point, but I, 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 I I understand what you're saying. I mean, I guess my point more more than anything else is you may have some short-term pain for long-term gain, and um, you've already experienced a little bit of that because he didn't uh, he didn't play on Saturday, and you sure could have used him. Uh, Saturday in uh, in Ames, but man, if you want to kind of kind of bounce off of what you did the second half in in Ames, I mean, scoring fifty points and Jeff said it on one of his comments yesterday. That's an amazing feat. You think about it, fifty points and a half. Um, yeah, it, that's that's really really hard to do, um, especially against a team like uh, Iowa State. So that's. Uh, that's the deal there. All right, we'll have uh, Texas Tech baseball on the air for you today. They'll take on UT Arlington. Um, first pitch at uh, 6 o'clock, and uh, you uh, you gave us the starting pitcher. It's a freshman today uh, for the Red Raiders. How long what's – the, what's, the, what's the leash look like for him today, Jamie? As long as he's pitching well, I think he'll be in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not going to let him throw 120 probably. Yeah, no. But, I mean, if he's – if he's pitching well and he's he's up to 60, 70, 80 pitches, probably 80 would probably cap him off somewhere around there. They'll let him go. Okay. Uh, any... is, is looking for that, and I, this happened probably seven, eight years ago. The opponent, the opponent we were playing had a pitcher who we kind of knew he was just going to be an opener, but we didn't know how long he was going to be out there. And his very first pitch was, like, way outside. And, like, the pitching coach sent all of the pitchers down to the bullpen. So you see them running from the dugout to the bullpen after one pitch. That's what Chuck is looking for right now, no. is that little moment to go, ah, they have the short leash today off of one pitch. <laughs> I don't 
<clears throat> certainly don't want it to be that uh, that short a pitch. Brady Trombello uh, is your starter today, uh, and he'll face Austin Wallace, uh, who had a uh, a record of has a record of zero and one with a thirteen point five zero ERA. Any uh, perceived lineup changes today, Jamie? Uh, no, I wouldn't guess so. I mean, you're definitely wanting to get Cash and McGee and Harrelson going. So, you know, the only way to get that, make that happen is to keep them in the, get them in the lineup there. Harrelson has already had one day off on Saturday, but, uh, I, I think you'll, I, I don't expect any big change now. The other day, uh, Gavin Cash didn't start because there was a left-hander. Is this today a, a, a day where... He starts against the. Is that is that correct on that, or am I incorrect on that? No, that's yeah, that's incorrect. Yeah, Gavin has started every game. Oh, uh, Gage, Har- Gage, Gage Harrelson, Harrelson. That's who. I, okay, Gage Harrelson. Yeah, Gage Harrelson did uh, because you have a you're kind of platooning him a little bit at least for the time being with Will Burns in center field. So um, we'll see if Coach Tadlock keeps doing that. Yeah. Was that based on who the starting pitcher was, or that's based on just trying to get Burns some at bats as well? A little bit of both, but again, the pitcher was a lefty and Burns hits from the right side, so that's probably why Coach Tadlock elected to do that then. I guess what I was just... I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't expect to see that the entire season if Gage is, is playing well. Okay, that, and that's what I was... I guess what I was trying to get to was you're, you're playing a team that you should be today, and you know this would be an opportunity for him to face a left-hander just to get some work in against a left-hander. Is that... Is that crazy thinking oh i mean he he just needs to get it going whether it's righties on the mound or lefties on the mound so you gotta you gotta give him that bats all right jamie gets to ask a question next here this morning on the morning drive take your thoughts and comments on the yates flooring center chat line go to double t 973.com for that of the mobile app Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, at 806-771-0973. This is The Morning Drive, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. All right, guys, we haven't talked much Red Raider football lately, so I'm going to flip over to football side of things. I'm going to ask you today to tell me the three guys that you are think you think are most likely first team all Big 12 on a tech football team. Three guys. All Big 12. Yeah. All Big Twelve. You threw me a that's a that's a big curveball you just threw there. That I could use you a little bit later on to today. <laughs> well, the baseball team's going to be using him later on today. Yeah, just no, the, yeah, the right. play-by-play guy. Right, right, yeah, right, right, right. Jeff, do you have anybody in in mind? Right well, uh, there's one that just jumps off the page. You're leading running back. Yeah, Ty I mean, Brooks. That that's one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Um, I mean, all Big Twelve is the catch here. Like, yeah, best at their position in mm-hmm. the league. Um, I don't know that you that this would be a situation where a freshman would make it. 
so I'm not necessarily looking at your wide receivers. I don't think Baron Morton has done enough yet for me to say that he can be the best quarterback in the Big 12. And some of that is because of health, and some of that is because of time that he's been with the team and how good this conference is with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That it, It's such a small room to begin with that it would be... I would love for him to be that person. Um, but I don't think that's going to be him. Uh, ben Roberts. Somebody mentions that off the off the chat line. Would be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, how about C.J. Baskerville? Maybe a stretch for C.J.? Okay. Um, but I don't know that I have a third one that's just jumping off the page. I think I don't think Baskerville is a stretch. I, I think he he'll be uh, a player that you're you're hoping can be that good. I don't I don't think that's a. I'm not predicting that he will, but uh, I think the first two are layups, and that's Taj Brooks and Ben Roberts. Mm-hmm. I, I think those two are are guys that um, you feel like absolutely could be in the mix. And I guess I, um, I think Baskerville w- would be a decent answer. I- I'm going to disagree with Jeff, and I know he said no wide receivers because he's freshman, but I think the the better wide receiver this year may be Josh Kelly, who you brought in from Washington State, who had huge numbers last year for them. And um, you would think uh, hopefully in our offense can have just as big of a year or or maybe even bigger. So um, my third guy would be Josh Kelly, the, the transfer from Washington State. Okay. Um, any thought about Jacob Rodriguez? Yeah, possibly. You know, you got uh, you got him. Um, you know, I mean, at at some point in time, I'm 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 curious about you know um, Mason Tharp. I mean, he'd he'd have a long ways to go probably to to get to that to get to that to get to that point. But I mean, just his his size. Uh, Koy Aiken might be uh, a possibility at that receiver spot because he and Morton like to like to hook up on the on the on the pass plays. He's kind of a target for him. Okay, this will be a fun one. This could be a third one. How about Gino Garcia? I had that thought too. I had that. Why not? When I scrolled through the roster, I was like, Gino Garcia could be a could be a could be a take as well. Yeah. All he's got to do is make his kicks, and he's proven that he can do that. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Anybody else you want to add, Jamie? No, I'm good. I gave my three. <laughs> Look, Jeff and I kind of were by committee, but I'm going to say just, just kind of scroll scrolling through the roster. Well, I mean, I'm just you know <laughs> throwing names out. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I. I was just kind of looking at going, okay, this, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy, that guy. I just wasn't in uh, – just I had kind of gotten out of football mode, so to speak. So sometimes it's I hard mean, to – you were the one not an hour ago that was lamenting that there wasn't NFL to talk about. No, 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 no. I just – That was you. I that just, was that guy right there. I just said – Lamenting. I just, I just said because there wasn't any to talk about. You're borderline crying that we were watching not, the NFL I was not, this weekend. I was not borderline. Was not borderline crying. Um, somebody says this: Braylon Lux, Caleb Rogers, and watch out for AJ McCarthy. Yeah, I like that text. Yeah, we'll see about McCarthy. We just don't know much about him at this point. And somebody says transfer. 
uh, punter Jack Burgess. Okay, That's, so I'm, I'm I'm I'll go with uh, C.J. Baskerville. I'll go with um, with with Ben Roberts, and um, I'll, I'll I'll second uh, Jeff's uh, Gino Garcia. But I think Taj Brooks has got a real opportunity there too, as well. Uh, Bullfighter weighs in. Man, what is Chuck going to do when Mason Tharp graduates? Right? I don't know. There'll be somebody else. There'll be there'll be somebody else that you can kind of pick out of the roster and go, hey, that that's my guy there. But you watch, man. He if he has a big year, I'll be his champion for uh, making the Big Twelve, all Big Twelve. But he's got to stay healthy, and that's 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 I think got to be a concern, right? Can he can he stay healthy? Can he? keep from getting concussed because man those things start seem to be stuck you know one after another after another after another they start to pile up a little bit and it makes it difficult to uh to come back from those things so there you go um 737 this morning here on the morning drive that was jamie's question of the day uh what other what are the questions you know, I, I wonder yeah, if you know mason Tharp situation i mean they brought in a couple tight ends. It kind yeah. of feels like they did. They didn't feel real solidified at that position. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. And you just kind of, like I said, you just wonder, you just wonder about the health there. And uh, is how's his? How is it? And uh, is he? You know, not far away from not being able to play. I don't. I don't know the answers to those questions. But but because they did that, it makes you that makes you wonder uh, about that a little bit. So we'll we'll see. Um, so we have baseball today and then uh, baseball tomorrow. The uh, any any concern uh, about tomorrow? I guess we worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe this is a question for tomorrow. The guys being there since last Thursday and ready to get home. I mean, you're going to play a team that's going to have your your full attention tomorrow in Oregon State, but it has been a long road trip for you guys. Uh. I, I mean, I think the players can handle it. I don't I mean, yes, it would be nice to sleep in my old bed, but that's coming from an old guy. I think the players are, uh, I think they're, you know, they adjust whatever. They got them practicing yesterday and all that good stuff. So I don't, uh, you love playing at home and all that. And, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that though. No. Okay. Uh, somebody says this. Uh, I'm excited to see transfer Jalen Conyers play. Yes, me too. That guy was used in so many different ways by Arizona State, including as a you know Wildcat quarterback who threw the ball and um, you know big physical tight end and just a you know they handed him the ball at times. Just a really versatile guy and a big dude. So I, I think he's going to become a fan favorite, maybe even more than Mason Tharp, Chuck. Well, well, that, that, that'd be that'd be great. Uh, somebody says this. Maybe they want to put multiple tight ends on the field. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's interesting that your tight ends coach just got promoted to yeah. run game coordinator. Yeah, which kind of is a little bit telling. Maybe, maybe I'm off on this, but maybe it's a little bit telling in that what they really feel like the tight ends are for. They're for blocking and mm-hmm. running the football more so than catching the football. Obviously, it's a combination, but if you make the tight ends coach the run game coordinator, obviously he has a focus on run. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I was curious about that too, and I wanted to kind of have a further conversation about that at eight and what is what does that mean? What does that say? What does that what does that tell you? Um so we'll get uh, we'll get to that just after eight as well this morning here on the morning drive. It is seven forty and some change. Boom 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 is next. A reminder we'll have Friendship Girls basketball at six on Sunday ninety seven seven. The Lubbock Cooper girls play at six on ninety six nine the bull and the boys of Lubbock Cooper play at six thirty on ninety three point one Texas FM. The Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Great to have you with us today with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. So is the uh, Double T 97.3 mobile app for that and uh, the Visual Edge IT hotline. We come to you from our respective studios, uh, courtesy of First United Bank. So thanks to them for being a part of our fine radio program. Jamie, I get this. And I don't know that I've, I've ever seen one of these. Um, our friend Lynn is listening on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Okay. But he's listening. Right. He's listening while he's flying uh, American Airlines from DFW to JFK first class. Okay. Nice. 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 He said this to me in a message to my phone. Love having the ability to listen to my favorite morning sports show. Well, thanks, Lynn. Yeah, thank you, Lynn. It's very nice of you, very kind of you, to be uh, chiming in this morning here on the uh, on the morning drive. Okay, we'll have uh, Red Raider basketball this uh, this evening on the air for you. Seven o'clock uh, airtime, eight o'clock tip time. Sam writes this in. Uh, you guys may have already discussed this. We have not. But Pop Isaac's been very hard to watch. It's one thing when your shot isn't falling, but he has been erratic and a turnover machine. What's your, take um, on, what's your take on that? He, um, man, I, I looked up the numbers yesterday. Jeff, do you remember him by any chance? Um, there's the last four games. Uh, boy, it's like, man, what is it? Hang on, I can get them because they're still on the chat line on the other station. Uh, yeah, it was it's, late in the show where we were talking yeah, about let, that. I'll let you look for that, and I'll, I'll talk. Um, Here we go. Yeah, the... Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Last four games, nine for 45 from the field, four for 25 from three-point range. He's a key, key part of the offense. He just needs to shoot his way out of it, is what you said. Yeah, so so 20% from the floor and and 16% from three-point range over the last four games is definitely struggling. No no way to get around that, mm-hmm. right? Um, he He's definitely a guy that you – it's one of those guys that you need, and so – you know, uh, you got just kind of like we were talking about with Gage Harrelson earlier. You, you got to put him out there and let him get his way out of it. And um, uh, and the texter Sam is is not wrong in saying there's there's been some turnovers and the plus and minuses have not been real great of late either. I don't know if he's dealing with some injury that we don't know about. I don't know if um, he's dealing with you know the flu stuff still lingering with him or something. He's just not. He's just not playing great right now. There's no 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 question. And uh, he's such a key guy, and in in he is that guy that you know when things are going when you need a basket, you still look to him, and you still have a lot of confidence in him. And so he's going to shoot more than other guys, but at the same time, 
you know, he, he's got to find ways to, to help the team. And I, I think he's done that for the majority of the season. His assist numbers are way up compared to last season. He's able to create off the dribble, not just for himself, but uh, also for others and, and make things happen. But um, he's just going through a rough stretch right now. And it's, it's factors has factored in and some to some of your losses. I mean, if, if Pop has a good game on on Saturday, you may have come away with a win. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't. I mean, you really may have. You just you just didn't have you didn't have a guy really step up, and you just rely on Pop to do that. You expect him to be able to do it. And, and again, those last four games, he's he's really struggled with his shot. Well, he was he was two of eleven on Saturday from the field, but oh of seven from beyond the arc. And yeah, I mean, he hit all his free throws, four of four. Um, he drew four fouls. He had eight points, but <clears throat> yeah, you needed you needed uh, you needed a couple shots to fall for him, uh, obviously, um, to uh, to make things make things much better uh, for the Red Raiders. So that that is uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a that's certainly a factor in this uh, as well. So turnovers have been. Uh, a bit big for him um, this season. So we'll have the game tonight at 7 and play-by-play tonight at 8 o'clock from United Supermarkets Arena. Uh, Jamie, what what did you make of the uh, announcement yesterday? We've talked about this just a little bit, um, of uh, the promotion of uh, Josh Cochran to run game coordinator. Um, you know, Coach McGuire announced this yesterday. Uh, he said, Josh is a valued member of this staff and one of the top young offensive coaches in the country. This is a deserved recognition of his contributions on our staff the past two seasons as his work, work ethic and genuine belief in his student-athletes are second to none. Um, he was credited uh, by both uh, Coach McGuire and offensive coordinator Zach Kitley with helping develop many of Tech's run game schemes this past season that allowed Taj Brooks to rush for more than 1,500 yards. He had 1,538 and 10 touchdowns that put him fourth in the nation. I'm just just curious what your is there a is there a hidden message here, or is it just hey we're rewarding the guy and giving him a title and giving him some extra responsibilities uh, to help with this? Yeah, it sounds like you're. It feels like to me that you're rewarding a guy and and maybe uh, trying to have him be a factor in some of the decision making that's being made on the offensive side of the ball and what you're doing. Um, you know, with 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 uh, how you're calling your offensive plays and your schemes and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I didn't initially jump to thinking that it, it's taking away something from Zach Kitley or anything like that i just feel like hey they think this guy's good at what he does and so uh let's let him let's let his voice be a little bit louder and and it may be also a case of that he was already doing some of this and this is an acknowledgement of that and just giving you a little extra meat behind his his title with maybe either other staff members or players themselves so maybe there's I don't know. I just, I just kind of looked at this and went, okay. That's. Kind of, I just thought it was kind of. A, I was just curious about it. It was just. It was just. It was just interesting. Um, I don't know that we've ever had a run game coordinator. Not. I'm not that. Not that I'm not saying you don't need one. I'm just saying I don't know that we've ever had a 
position called run game coordinator? I think a lot of teams do. I just don't think that's been normal for Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, for definitely a while not, around here, run def, was a dirty word. Def, right, right. Yeah, definitely not in the league era. No, no. I mean, it's just like, it's like, what do you mean run game coordinator? You're going to make me the run game coordinator? We're going to run it like five times a day? You know, so I don't know. It's just uh, somebody said, who's taking his spot? I would assume that he would continue to coach the tight ends and this would be this would just yes. be additional additional duties for him because um, you can only have a certain number of coaches and a certain number of coaches that can be out on the road recruiting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you have to think that the, this is just to kind of give them, uh, like you said, maybe an additional, an additional voice um, in that um, coaching staff room and, you know, with the game planning and, and things along those lines. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that – if it makes an impact or helps helps with the scheme of things, and like I said, he may have be he may be doing things that he was already doing um, that just didn't have a title for, and maybe there's some additional compensation here for him on that, and also uh, a way to keep the others from getting him because if you if you really like him and feel like he's one of the up and covers, at some point in time somebody else is going to come and get him and say you can be in charge of our offense. So maybe a chance to kind of hang on to him for a little while. This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.